Wait a minute. You like wrestling. Of course I like wrestling. That's why I hate it. Outlaws. Wrestling is better than the things you like. Outlaws. You'll take those rattlesnake fangs and you'll stick them right in my ass. What? Welcome to episode 50. 50. Thank you. Of the Middle Aged Outlaws podcast. Um, we are going to 1997 today with the first ever Hell in a Cell match between Shawn Michaels and Undertaker. Chosen by your good self, Adam. How are yeah. you? I'm, I'm doing okay, thanks. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you. Wonderful. Do you know, I've just heard the news. The news? Kane is alive! (laughs) That was good. Just heard. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, I'm excited to talk about this pay-per-view. Loads and loads and loads of stuff on the go here. Uh, Brian Pillman, obviously, the the announcement of his death, I think, on the same day. Um, First Hell in a Cell match. There's a lot to talk about there. The state of the rest of the card. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Stone Cold Steve Austin just completely, completely showing up and just completely taking over the whole pay per view and up, really overshadowing pretty much everything. You know, if, if it hadn't been for that Hell in a Cell match, then he was the best thing on it and he wasn't even wrestling. Yeah. So lots to talk about. Yeah. That nice. was a great, great choice by you. I'm so glad you picked it. Like I said to you, Last time I recorded, I'd never seen it before. Never seen the Hell in a Cell match. So nice. Yeah. yeah. Shall 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 we talk? Shall we talk October nineteen ninety seven? Okay. In your in your house, um, I'm not coming in your house. It wasn't in your house. Okay. 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 Um, October nineteen ninety seven. What were you doing? Nineteen ninety seven uh, October. I would have just. Uh... Oh God, I would have been in sixth year at school, I think. Um, what a time! Yeah, what a time! And so probably not focusing all that much on school. Uh, I, I would have been getting served in pubs by then because you know I basically had a beard and you, stuff like you that. You were getting served in pubs when you were twelve or something. <laughs> I did on. start shaving at thirteen, so yeah, um, yeah. I, I think I was just thoroughly enjoying not really having anything or in my mind not having anything to worry about maybe i should have been worrying about like you know education and stuff like that but nah. what about you uh 14 i think definitely not getting served in pubs <laughs> I, I don't know probably uh, do you know what 14 is probably still playing my wrestling figures <laughs> <laughs> nice that's what 14 year olds should be doing just, I, I guarantee you, 14, I was probably playing football every single night of the week. Nice. Not organised football, but just playing football. That's what the kids should be doing. True. Get, yeah. Shove your fortnights up your <laughs> up your bum. Right, let's talk it. October 1987. Some albums released at that time, Adam. Okay. Um, the Velvet Rope by Janet Jackson. Okay. Nimrod by Green, Green Day. 
Nice. Uh, Harlem World by M.A. Dollar Sign E, Pastor Mace. Okay. And um, Sci-Fi Lullabies by Swede. Oh, okay. Your boy okay. Brett Anderson was dropping I ha- his... I had a couple of Swede albums. I don't remember that I, one. Yeah. I bet you did. You, you look like you definitely have a <laughs> couple of Swede albums in there. Um, some births at that time. We had Nick Bosa. Oh, okay. Of the of NFL fame. Uh, Marcus Rashford. Jesus. Of Manchester United fame. What, so, what was I'm it? just what, feeling why? old. I'm feeling old now, but okay. He had a bad weekend. Sorry, Marcus. Yeah. Probably wasn't all uh, on him, but yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Uh, and uh, ECW champion. I was going to say NXT heavyweight champion, Braun Breaker. Oh, okay. Um, also born October 97. Quite a, quite a good a month and year for athletic pedigree. Yeah. A uh, couple of notable deaths. John Denver. Okay. I was going to say eventually they took him home country roads, but is that even the same guy? I think it is. I think you've got the right guy. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Um, and Brian Pillman, of course. Of course. Yeah. Here comes your favourite part. Right. You've been, you've been you've been doing well. So, UK number one. October 1997. I think we've had it before. Oh, come on. Right. My guess was going to be Mbop by Hansen. However. That's a great guess. We haven't had that before. I don't think. No. Ah. We've had it before and I think I maybe sang it in the fashion of the person to you. Oh, was it a Spice Girls song? Absolutely never done that before. I'm sure you'd sang a Spice Girls song. <laughs> Maybe I'm dreaming of a different podcast. <laughs> it's a gentleman. Uh-huh. And it's commemorating something that happened in history. Oh, is it? Is it Elton John? Is it um, the... Uh, oh, no, it's not Kiss from a Rose. That's a totally different type of vibe going on there. <laughs> oh, uh, I forget the name. I forgot the name last time. I remember this. It was a song for, well, later for Princess Diana. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, 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 Candle in the Wind. There you go. Um, do, do you know, in, in a sort of, uh, that's enough internet for the day type thing I came across just the other day a video of seals singing Kiss from a Rose but like it was like like I didn't need to do that but you get you get the um... yeah so yes Candle in the Wind by Elton John uh, what, US number one I've never heard this song before mm. but I'll give you a hint it's a like an R&B group Gentlemen's R and B group. Uh, okay, is it is it boys to men? Yes. Oh yes. <laughs> oh no. Now I need to think of a boys to men song. Is has it ever been? Nah, nah, nah. There was only that one <laughs> that I really can think of. Did they do an anth- the anthem at a WrestleMania? Boys to oh, men. I don't know. Have no, I got I that? Yeah, I think they sung the, the American National Anthem, yeah. Yeah, I'm assuming they didn't release that. <laughs> nah, I'm not, I'm not going to know the song. The song is, well, well done, boys, to men. The song is Four Seasons of Loneliness. Okay, never heard of it. That sounds uber depressing. Does a bit. <laughs> 
Uh, okay, UK box office number one. What was getting us all excited in October 1997? Uh, enemy of the state. No. It's a British film. Um, it's a, it's one of those sort of feel, you know, like, yeah, it's sort of like a sort of feel-good ensemble. Pete Postlethwaite's possibly in it with a bunch of other ragtag gentlemen. Uh, when you first said feel good and you'd said British, I was going to say train spotted, but then that's maybe, I don't know, for them, feel good in a different way. Um, <laughs> if you're into babies crawling on ceilings, then this is the feel good <laughs> film of the summer. Mm. This uh, was turned into a musical, I think. I might just be straight up talking right in my backside. I think it was. You could keep your hat on, Amber, whilst you guessed it. Amber! <laughs> Why am I referring to you? As my dog's name. <laughs> right. This is no going well. You can keep uh, your hat on, this, Adam. Is this the whilst one? Do you think about this? It's the one about male strippers, isn't it? Mm-hmm. What was it called? Three oh. words. This is going to get into charades territory. I can't. I'm going to know it. Like obviously, when you say it, but uh, I'll I, tell you. Yeah. The full Monty. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I apologise for addressing you as my dogs. That's name. okay. I'm, um, I'm over it. And number one, US box office, October '97 is not the full Monty. This stars Morgan Freeman. <laughs> what? Why? Nineteen ninety-seven. Morgan Freeman. Uh, I think. Shit. <laughs> hmm. I'm sure it does. I mean, is, is that too late to be Shawshank Redemption? Is it too late for that? Yeah, I don't know if it is too late for it. It's not but that. It's not that. This you is know? based. This is based on. I, I think it's based on James Patterson books. Oh man. Hmm. Yes, it is. Oh. It's also got Ashley Judd in it. Oh. There were there were all these films he was in where it was like catching a murderer of some kind, and I know yes, it's one of those type of yes. films. Oh. Yeah. This is something Ric Flair used to do and made them cry. Kiss the girl. Kiss the girls. No, helicopter cock. <laughs> no. Yeah, you're right. Kiss the girls. I watched a Morgan Freeman classic the other night for the first time in ages. I watched Seven. It was great. Oh. Oh. What a film. Can you just drop that like that? <laughs> Amazing. You got kissed the girls anyway. Well done. Yes. I had a few hints, so yeah, I, I won't fully celebrate, but yeah. I've never seen Helicopter Cock, have you? No, no. I imagine it did well at the box office. <laughs> uh, okay. Well done. Thanks. Um. Okay. On your favourite part before we before we get into the pay per view, let's. Let's uh, let's pretend that bad in your house, bad blood, nineteen ninety seven, is a motion picture, and let's cast it. Okay, okay. How far down the card are you going? Right, so I've got the announced team. Uh, oh, I've, I've not. Okay, okay. I've got Sweet. the Hell in a Cell match, including 
some uh, other parties that involve themselves. Okay. Uh, I. I tried to go for uh, the the flag match as well, and I probably got like, did I get? I got something for at least two, maybe three, of the four. Right. Okay. Uh, but that's as far as I went. Okay. Okay. Let's hear yours, and then I'll do my. Right. I'll do. I'll do the announced team first because I don't think you've done that. Um, I worry you, you won't know who this guy is. He's been in loads of stuff. Uh, Jr. There's a guy called. Oh, I've heard ba- of him. Yep. There's, there's a guy called Barry Corbin. He's been in quite a lot. If you had the opportunity to look him up, you would definitely recognise him. Baron Corbin. Ba- Barry Corbin. Oh. <laughs> That's amazing. So not that only has he got a good look, but he's got a really southern accent as well. I'm sure he's in One Tree Hill. That's uh-huh, amazing. I think he might be, yeah. So that's my JR. Um, when I started, like, I found Vince a wee bit tricky. So I, I, I've got written down in my notes, Sean Penn or Kevin Spacey. Uh, yeah, yeah, I went there. Apologies. Um, and I've no idea why, but this is like before we'd even finished last week's recording, knowing that I was doing this for this show, I was so relieved when I found out King was on the announced team because this mm-hmm. name immediately went into my mind. And I don't know if it's just the fact that I'm starting to find King quite irritating on commentary, oh. but Sean Aston is, it just immediately oh. went into my mind as it could be King. What's Why, why is he being cast as an, who's Samwise Gamgee? It's just such a yippy wee bastard. I was quite happy when Gil from 24 died, to be fair. Spoilers. <laughs> First season four of twenty four. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I, well, so I didn't do commentary team, but I had. If I was doing King, I had um, Bob Odenkirk um, okay. play Saul and Better Call Saul. Mm-hmm. I love that GR cast, and that's amazing. Okay. Okay. Who else you got? Uh, so Undertaker. I I feel like I. I ended up overthinking it and I've maybe ended up being a little bit boring because I was thinking, oh, you know, it should be the guy that played Michael Myers in Halloween. And I thought, nah, it's too obvious. It's, it's, it, that didn't work. But I somehow landed on David Boreanaz. Oh, yes. That's, that's, that's where I've ended up. You know, he's played a, va- a vampire for ages. That's similar enough. There you go. Um, I'd, uh, Shawn Michaels. I think I just ended up trying to think of like skinny, blonde, annoying guys, and I've landed on Chad Michael Murray. Oh, yeah, this is like a One Tree Hill reunion <laughs> movie. I love it. I like that. So, did you do you have a take on the Michaels? Yeah, I, I, um, we're going to need some lifts for Jason Momoa, um, and I know he really looks like Roman Reigns, but I think he could do Taker. Yeah, that'd work. Um, and for Michael, because I've got Scott Can. Okay, yeah, I can see that. That works definitely. Yeah. Okay. So you said you've got some some others for down 
for for so, the others that were involved in their I, I was trying to think of a cane, like, and I, I was struggling a little bit with cane because I felt like I'd been looking for the same kind of thing as I was looking for for Undertaker, mm-hmm. um, and then I, I did decide there's this uh, like pretty well-known horror film actor called Gunnar Hansen, who his biggest role was probably Leatherface in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Really? So he's got like this leathery mask on, um, and I thought that he's a natural fit for that. Fair enough. That's good. I, I'm I'm going to give uh, Gunta his motion picture debut uh-huh. and put him under the mask. I think he's a big guy that could pull... No, I'm not saying he could pull off Kane. That's casting couch behaviour but I, I'm going Gunter who who was your you've mentioned a Paul Bearer yes I'm really happy with a Paul Bearer casting Stacey Keach it's, it feels spot on because you sent it to me or you mentioned it to me I can't remember if you actually sent me a picture of Stacey Keach as Paul Bearer but I remember thinking that's going to be tough to beat and uh, yeah, I just ended up writing down Stacey Keach. I, I thought oh, fair was, I, I thought that'd come from you. I was thinking of uh, there was a, a little while. I was thinking of like Joe Pesci. Um, you know that I'm was... funny. How? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it'd be such a different. Yeah, <laughs> be quite the show. <laughs> but yeah, I thought you know because he. I think did he play the penguin in a film in a Batman film? Oh, it's Danny DeVito. Is it Danny DeVito? Uh, he was another one that crossed my mind as well. Nice. Just your nice. sort of your your stout actors. Um, I did I did put a Triple H um, and a yes. China. Um, yeah. Triple H. I, I, I have no idea why, but I, I, like I was working, and I thought, oh yes, and then I wrote it down, and then I've gone back to it and thought. Where did that come from in my head? But um, I've gone with Michael C. Hall for Triple H. And I think it was purely just, I thought he could look like him. I'm not mm-hmm. sure he could behave like him, especially in these days. But that's what I've gone with. I like it. No, I think he, uh, I like that. Huh? Um, and I think I've been a, maybe a bit lazy with China because I've gone for Xena uh, Warrior Princess Lucy Lawless. Okay, fair enough. Slaughter busy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I didn't feel like, uh, I'd, I've put down a Rick Rude, but it's just the same as I had the last time, being a, a Tom Selleck type. Nice. Look good in a suit. Just stand there. Like it. Um, uh, okay. I've, I've got I've got the um, the flag match, and I've got Farouk versus Owen. Okay. As, okay. as well. Uh, did you say you've got the flag match? You had two of some, four, Some you? of it. So... I decided, um, I think now I'm going to absolutely butcher his surname, but you, you, you might keep me right. Milo Ventimiglia. Yeah, I think he'd be a good Bret Hart. I could see him like being that. Bret Hart. Yeah. From Heroes, yep. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I just wrote down, uh, yeah, this is lazy. Uh, Davy Boy Smith, I, I, I've got Jason Statham, um, and I've written in brackets. I think with a wig, he could have the look. He's well built and a bit of a shit actor. Nice. Okay. I've <laughs> yeah. apologies for Jason Statham fans. I've just totally buried him there. Um, and yeah, I, I, uh, I, I couldn't come up with what I thought was a good the Patriot because I never felt like you 
you, you got a lot of him and it's just a guy under a mask and I was I was struggling a bit with that so I didn't list anything from that I liked uh, an idea for Vader that you'd mentioned earlier but I think you then maybe moved away from it yourself what was that Ethan Supley yeah uh, no I started on that I went to Fat Joe and then went back to Ethan Supley again so Ethan Subley's jacked these days, so that's the problem. I know. I think, yeah, he's going to need some kind of, like, fat suit type thing. Re- um, oh, okay, we're going fat suit. I was going to say regression of okay. some description. Uh, I don't want the guy to get unhealthy. Okay. Um, for Bulldog, I was thinking Tom Hardy, but then I thought we, our budget is pretty tough. We've spent a lot of money on Jason <laughs> Momoa. Um, so I'm going to go for that, that Logan Marshall Green who's kind of like a fake Tom Hardy. Do you know okay. what I mean? I'll look him up. He's just he's just American, but looks like him. Okay. Um, for the Patriot, I thought we could just stick a mask on the Miz. Yeah, that would work. Oh, I've seen this Logan Marshall green guy and stuff. He's, he's, he, ah. he could, he could put, no, stop saying people could pull people off. He could play the Bulldog, I think. Um, I do, I, yeah, this guy's quite good. I remember Devil, the one with the lift, and I remember mm-hmm. The Invitation. I liked that film; thought that was good. And he was in that one um, where he got the the microchip put in his body, and it sort of took over and ah. controlled him. I can't remember what that was called. Yeah, it's a good one too. Yep. Um, and for my Brett, I, I thought I thought about Milo Ventimiglia as well. I've went with Sebastian Stan. Okay. Yep. Yep. Can see that totally. Um. And for Farouk, I've got Mahershala Ali. Who's that? Hey, oh, no. He's in lots of stuff. He's, he's I, I'm saying that, but I can't think off the top of my head what, okay. what he's in. Oh, Look I him can up. see him. Yeah. Uh, okay. I've seen True Detective. He was in that. Oh, yes. I saw he was. That's season three, was he? Uh, yeah. yeah, it's definitely not the first one. Yeah, it can't. It must be three. Yeah. Uh, well, I've seen a few things this guy's in. Yeah, he's a he's a great actor. Yeah. Um, and for Owen Hart, I think you might like this. Okay. Wyatt Russell. Oh, I do like that. <laughs> I'm really happy with that. That's up there with Stacey Keach for me. Yeah, I like that. It's, it's, no, good... it's no touching your Barry Corbin because that is just <laughs> absolutely inspired casting. I don't. Wyatt Russell definitely works there. Oh, he was in that episode of um, uh, Black, Mirror. Black Mirror. That stayed with me. That one. Oh. During that test, and he does shout, "Enough is enough," and it's time for a change. I'm <laughs> sure it does. That's good. I like right. that. That works. Enough of that. That was good fun. Um, let's get into Bad Blood, 1997, aka a trailer for Shawn Michaels. <laughs> throughout um, we are greeted by Vince J.R. and King, this will be the last time you ever see Vince on commentary I want to say certainly oh. pay-per-view okay. um, and we're open straight up with a video package essentially hyping Shawn Michaels and the Hell in the Cell and no much else yeah yeah, it's all about how he is going to... There's, there's kind of no escape now. He's going to get his comeuppance because a lot of it, the build for with Michaels, is him just 
sort of narrowly escaping Taker and uh, the numbers game going against Taker and stuff like that. But yeah, um, not much mention of anything else going on. Nah. Um, and if you didn't know going in that Brett was champion, you certainly, you know, unless, you know, it's pretty inconspicuous. Yeah. In its absence, the fact that Brett's a champion throughout this pay per view. Yeah. When you mentioned that to me, I, I, I said back that, because I remember watching this, I remember the show, but I had it in my mind that the cage match, this Hell in a Cell match, was for the title. Yeah. Um, I thought Taker was champion. Yeah, and I suppose that does just show how how much of the promotion and how much they make the show about that match. Because, yeah, Brett's very... It's his second last match, isn't it? But it feels very undercard in the way it's it's promoted. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and and Conrad Thompson was pushing Bruce Pritchard on that. I was listening to the podcast talking about it. Um, and he's playing it up like, well, this is this is storytelling. We're putting Sean in the main event, and then he's able to say to Brett, I'm the main event, you need to be in the main event with me. Um, I'm not sure if I buy that for a dollar, unfortunately. I think they're probably preparing to get rid of Brett and making Sean the man. Yeah, I did did wonder at this time, maybe has the conversation already taken place with Brett about the the famous, I I can't honour your deal. Um, Mm -hmm. And I imagine, given the, the... timing for Survivor Series after this it probably has, I would have thought it's, it certainly must be round about there yeah, yeah. Um, okay so as soon as as soon as we start I think we get the Nation of Domination music and then we're straight into Vince incredibly uncomfortably <laughs> telling us I don't even know if I would say he's telling us, he's kind of, he just kind of He's telling us that Brian Pillman's passed away, but he's saying it in a way almost where he's like, fuck's sake, you'll never believe what Brian Pillman's went and done. He's went and died, the idiot. It's It's, horrible the way, it's so weird. It's really cold. It's really detached. Cold is the word. Aye, Um, aye, 100%. It's, yeah, kind of watching it back. Because I'm sure I messaged you saying, this is right around, you know, Pillman, I think, has died just before this. And I remembered the Raw, because there's a really famous, horrific segment on the Raw that comes after. Um, But I couldn't remember how this was, like, handled or talked about or anything on the show. I'd heard Mick... I think he was supposed to have a match with Mick Foley on the pay-per-view. And I've heard Mick Foley talk about it and, you know, him hearing about it and um, the sort of... the reaction of, well, everyone, I think, knew that maybe he was struggling, but, you know, it's still... You don't expect it when it comes, but... Yeah, Vince's reaction is it's quite something. It's it's like robotic. It's strange. Mm-hmm. Really weird. Um, we are supposed to have Nation of Domination here, so we've got D'Lo, The Rock, and <laughs> what to call, I'm sure I've done this before. I've got to call him Kama Sutra. <laughs> uh, Kama Mustafa. Um, they were due to be taking on the Legion of Doom and Shamrock, uh, but Vince tells us that Shamrock is injured and unable to partner with the Legion of Doom. Um, so it's a, a 3v2 match. Uh, this will be one of about, I want to say about six tag matches on this card. I think we get about mm. two singles matches. Uh, a lot of the matches, or, or certainly a, a few of them seem to be thrown together. Like you've mentioned there, they were supposed to do Pillman versus Dude Love. Mm. Um, and that was going to 
going to take up a fair bit of time, I assume, um, and they've had to fill in. But this wasn't one of them. Um, I do not know if Shamrock was legit hurt or if this was supposed to just, mm-hmm. you know, if this is storyline. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you, could, you, why don't you tell us this? What, what are you thinking? I just think, I mean, it, it's, um, you know, LOD are, are pretty clearly done. Um, and I think we, we, we were still to see them come back, what, like three years later or something like that. Um, but yeah, there's some weird stuff in this match. Like, there's some moves that are fine and all that. But there's some, there's a point in this match where Vince calls D'Lo Brown the Lennox Lewis of the WWE. I, what on earth is that about? <laughs> he calls the Rock Rocky Johnson as well. He does, yeah. Maybe Vince took himself what off. What does the Lennox trail. Lewis of the WWE mean? I don't know. Um, I could, a very I could flexible even, neck. I couldn't tell if he, you know, meant it as a compliment or or what um but yeah it, it, <laughs> maybe yeah maybe it wasn't just storyline why vince ended up taking himself off commentary maybe he just <laughs> thought ah, I'm, I'm making an arse of this um i've got a few notes of a few bits and pieces but it's um i think by this point in time lod have very much lost their aura and their the crowd pop for them to be fair mm-hmm. but um mm-hmm. Me watching it as a fan, I'm not watching thinking, oh, yes, it's an LOD match. It's like, you know, okay, we'll get through this. And there's, Some there's, flooding. I've, I've always liked um, D'Lo as a performer. I, I liked uh, the Godfather character, you know, that, that was that was funny. Um, and The Rock was, around this time, a very, very entertaining character. But yep. I, I, I just couldn't really get into it. I didn't really care about it. Nah, nah, me neither. And and they just sort of play it like sort of heel versus face tag, mm-hmm. um, the tag template of of isolating. I think as usual, um, animal ends up getting isolated, and we we work and work and work to the the hot tag hawk essentially. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, there's not much really more to it. I always liked animal out of the, the Legion of Doom over. Hawk, I, I can never really get the appeal of Hawk. I don't know why. That neck breaker he does is horrific. Yeah. Um, I, I started to panic a wee bit because they lift up the rock for the demolition device. And I was thinking, this, th- how different things could have been if they were allowed to execute this? Because that, that might have been the end of him. But uh, I think Farouk breaks it uh, in the end. And uh, the rock ends up hitting the rock bottom. I can't remember on which LOD member, actually. Um, and uh, the nation get the win, but yeah, it's it's. I I think I I get if I'd maybe been in a live arena and LOD came out and there's the rush and you know the crowd going mad and all that. Maybe that is the environment to experience it in. Whereas That's you know just watching like it, all it takes. I think yeah, yeah yeah. Whereas watching it here and now and in this environment is a bit like uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, no much, no really much more to go on. Um, with that, the rock, like you say, hits the rock bottom. I think he's it's not called the rock bottom at this point. Yeah. JR yeah. refers to it as a Uranagi. Um, I'm freestyling, but I want to say that Vince probably shouted, What a maneuver! <laughs> um, but yeah, Nation, the, the, the three men prevail over the two. Uh, 
at this point we go back to an incredibly uncomfortable Vince. I'm kind of picturing him like uh, that scene in Aeroplane where the guy's like got all the sweat dripping <laughs> down his face. He tells us that Brian Pillman versus Dude Love was due to be on next, but the son of a bitch has went and died and ruined our programme for the night. He's so uncomfortable. Like, I, I feel like, you know, I, I feel like he's put himself in that um, announcing position as a way of controlling mm-hmm. everything that goes on out there, yeah. getting people over that he wants over. It's this stopping, you know, he's, he's not into shouting everybody's ear whilst they're commentating because he's out there doing exactly yeah. what he wants to do. And yet, I think GR would have been a lot better at talking about this than Vince. Yeah, JR was always the really good storyteller. He, he, you know, and and remember when, you know, just from the, the human side and what's going on or happened with Pillman, and yeah, it was different circumstances, but if you remember the, the Owen Hart thing, and JR mm-hmm. is the voice that is telling people what has just happened in this horrific yep. thing that's happened in the ring, and he was very human and very you know sincere and all that um but yeah it just does not come across that way at all it's just like he's got lawsuit flashing on the insides of his eyelids yeah not say anything well and i'm sure he says something oh i've maybe got it written down later on but he'll say like he starts sort of muttering things about drug overdoses and these things are quite prevalent in sports and entertainment yeah (laughs) Yeah. Really odd, really odd. Oh. Uh, and he then goes on to say something like, well, we've we've scrambled and uh, put a, an attraction together for you. Uh, and that is certainly not what we get next, which is a minis match between Tarantula and, and Mo- Mo- Mosaic yeah. versus the smallest athlete in the world, Max Mini and Nova. Um yeah, mm-hmm. I, I was reading a thing actually uh, about um, these attraction type things and, you know, going back from the carnivals and things where, where wrestling originated um, mm. and whether it's, you know, exploitation or actually allowing somebody to work, you know, it's it's probably quite a, a tough one to, to find the line between that and you get such different opinions on it and a lot of the minis apparently were like well you know we know we're we're uh we're not um seen in the same light as the the other wrestlers but we get a paycheck we get to come and do it and we get a paycheck and you know we're, we're fine with that um and it's uh, what i was reading talked in about uh, do you remember there was like a, a a wrestler who was on one leg and uh oh, i can't remember his name um, Vince wrestled against him. Yes, um, oh, yeah. and it was you know all fine and good, and he was like initially it was like a wow this guy can do all this stuff, and then he just ends up getting absolutely destroyed by by other folk. Um, so I wonder if as much as anything, it's the way they're portrayed and handled by the company as you know just having a match uh, on the show. That the, mm-hmm. uh, that's the difference between it being exploitation and opportunity. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I still probably feel a little bit uncomfortable with, with matches yeah, like these. Aye, same. It does feel a little, a little bit like exploitation, especially like they seem. Uh, so I've got here my notes. These guys seem to move and fast forward the way that they sort yeah. of fly about the place. And when one of them takes a big bump, like Jerry Lawler is cackling, uh-huh. and, and 
that's where it's just a bit like, mm, it's, I'm not sure if I'm that comfortable the, here. The, the joke's all the way through as well. I mean, if, if you're just letting them have the match and call it it or whatever, I think it could be seen in a in a different light. But yeah, there's just constant jokes about their size. It's non-stop. Yeah. I'd, um, I had a big gripe with Mike Kyoto in this this match. He, j- he just lets this match get away from him. Mm. There's all sorts of questionable officiating, but um, I mean, at one point, there's an illegal man pinning somebody, but it goes way beyond that. And the commentators start saying that it's uh, they're, that they're working under different rules, they're working under like Mexican rules and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and and when, when Vince says that they're working under Lucha Libre rules, JR is less than impressed at that. <laughs> well, we're working at, we're in St. Louis. <laughs> On the same card where they're doing this whole JR wet dream of uh, of of uh, paying, paying homage to all these legends, he's just not impressed with us at all. Yeah. I've got, this is terrible. I've got the one. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. The one that's dressed like a minion and sunglasses gets the win. So, <laughs> so Ma, Ma, Max Mini rolls up Tarantula for the win. There you go. There you go. This is not for me, I'm afraid. They did but, this for a while, didn't they? they did the yeah, mini, yeah. Mini and they quite often had like um, minis. I, think, I remember like them, them portraying or dressing up as. as uh, wrestlers and things like that oh, that's um, that's that's good that's comedy gold like i think did i oh, was straight after the screw job did michael's not bring out like a mini bret hart or something like that yeah. um yeah and uh this music playing and all that um and they also had i've got a feeling doink and bam bam maybe teamed up each of them with with well there was dink wasn't there who was a mm-hmm. mini um yeah yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on. Um, where do we go to next? Is this where we go backstage with Doc Hendricks and? Sonny? Yeah. So, yeah. I've got. Um, there was a, an advert for an Austin three sixteen shirt, and I was I was ready to buy one. I, that that got me. I was I was all in at that point. And then oh, yeah, yeah, we're we're backstage with uh, Doc and Sunny. Doc Hendricks says something really weird. So Vince says something like, "Let's go backstage to Sunny," and then as it's going. Off, Doc says something like, "As long as they keep forgetting me and remembering you, or something really weird, it's like an awkward, like just keep your mouth shut sort of thing." Anyway, Sunny also appears to suggest that Doc Hendricks might be having his way with her at some point as well, which just tends to be—I was going to say tends to be her character, but mm, yeah. yeah, indeed, yeah. yeah. So, another tag team match. For the world tag team titles, uh, Jim Cornette is rolling over, not in his grave because he's not dead, but um, the headbangers are the world tag team champions and they're taking on the Godwins. Uh, yeah. Now, what a mess this match was. Imagine this being a world tag team title match. Yeah, like, it's... I know that, you know, I think we're we're just... We're still maybe in the early stages of like a new era here, and there's maybe some things that still need to be 
removed or moved on from from a character point of view because there's still you know the the godwins i think it's maybe sunny who's talking about the smell or something like that coming from the godwins does she come out and join the commentary team or something like that yeah she's um, the guest announcer for it right okay um but i, I was thinking like cause I, i'm sure i quite liked the headbangers when i was young i thought there was something quite cool about them um but i was watching now and thinking and just not thinking that anymore like and i don't it, it almost annoyed me that they were tag champs. And, yeah, uh, yeah, and then Espe- one of them... especially when one of them did that move where they tried to do a hurricane runner right at the start and yeah. just straight up, yeah, just about broke their neck. Just what I was going to mention, and like they, they can't. I know that you know we've had years of like folk chanting things like "You can't wrestle at John Cena." Um, and who I think maybe proved he, he could in the certainly in the later years, um, but we've we've got these guys who just seem like they can't, and I don't know. Maybe they're there to appeal to a young audience, and maybe that's why I enjoyed it more as a youngster. But looking back now, mm-hmm. I just don't get what the appeal is at all. It's not there. One of them does the the Godwin spitting gimmick in in response to the whatever one of it is, hog or pig, spitting up in the air and catching it. What on earth? Yeah. And yeah, they make like a big it. thing of Thrasher having his tongue pierced, do they? Yeah. I've got a yeah. horrible gag about that. Can I can I say it or should I just leave it? Do it. Do it. Okay, so I think one of them says, one of the commentary team says something like he's had his mouth decorated and yet they don't mention that you know why I mentioned that about Thrasher, but no Sonny. <laughs> oh well. Sorry. Sorry. So, right. I, I asked for it. Really yeah. early on, after making a mockery of a, a Hurricane Rana, the the headbangers then straight up drop Phineas on his head as well. Yep. <laughs> yeah. There's... I don't know whose fault that was. Like, but... I've been a wee bit sarcastic in my notes for that because i've got nice tag move as one headbanger holds phineas on the ropes <laughs> and the other <laughs> the other nearly kills him um, <laughs> yeah the, the, this was this was horrible like it, every move looked like it was botched mm-hmm. i was honking horrible <sighs> i really wanted the godwins to win like desperately like at least they sort of looked like they knew what they were there to do and, and, and supposed to be doing. And they had they had Uncle Cletus or whatever his name is on the outside. Mm, who, yeah. Who did they have? Is that his name? Yeah, Cletus. Yep. Oh wow. Um Dirty White Boy, I think he was maybe also previously. Okay. I think he was like a Smoky Mountain wrestling champion. All right. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Cornette would not be happy with the way this is all. Nah. No. Um, so, so this went pretty similar to the other tag team matches. This is three tag team matches on the bounce. Uh, Thrasher isolated for much of the match. Um, eventual hot tag to Mosh, also known as Beaver Cleavage. And uh, yeah, they did the they did the same thing that they did outside that they made a mess of. That was the finish. Yeah. Mosh tries to come off the top, or maybe Thrasher tries to come off the top. Is it? He's putting his legs 
up and round like he's up and round the head, um, like he's going to go for a hurricane rana, and they sort of both fall down, and mm. and that's enough to get the win. Yeah, that's so bad. Yeah, it's bad. So then, that's not enough for the Godwins. They have to subject us to a little bit more afterwards. They start beating up the headbangers, and uh, I think it's Fink is told. Fink says on the mic, if the headbangers do not stop this behaviour, then they may they, they may be stripped of their titles. Yeah. And I thought that must have been something that Dennis Knight kept in mind, getting stripped. <laughs> God. I like that one. Um, he was more entertaining as Naked Madden, I think. Yeah, sad to say, but yeah. <laughs> but unfortunately. So there we go. The headbangers probably go and drop the titles to Legion of Doom. Possibly. I thought you were um, going to say more people on their heads, but well, yeah. aye, that imagine, imagine the match between them two. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Somebody's going to get their neck broke. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we got a video package on the kind of uh, inception of this whole Austin Vince angle. Um, Austin's just been a menace. It seems at this point uh, he's coming yeah. off of having his not his neck broken, but certainly close to that by Owen Hart, SummerSlam '97. We talked about it last time, uh, so they were basically just using him on TV to get his character over, and he's just been a menace. Yeah, um, it's not hundred percent clear to the viewer that Vince is Vince at this point. Mm-hmm. But it's certainly, it feels like it's been alluded to that he's yeah. more powerful than lead commentator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. I think he he talks, or you see clips of him talking about how, you know, the the WWE are not going to let Austin perform until they get a letter from a doctor confirming that he is healthy. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it's I suppose it's it's quite a good transition because it's not unusual to have Vince holding a mic in a ring, speaking to someone, but he is just starting to speak more as this is my responsibility rather than I'm just holding a mic. Um, so it's, it's putting, a, I think, a bit of a bridge in for, for that story to really, really start to take hold. Yeah. And they show uh, Austin Stunner and Purchiar. Yeah. It's lifelong friend. What, what must... did you make? Of um, we see, I think, part of the segment Owen wearing a uh, Owen three sixteen shirt with "I just broke your neck" on the back. Um, I think it, I would have absolutely loved it if it didn't just stick in the back of my mind that apparently there was some bad feeling um, between the two because I, I think that is you know you talk about real life and story and how they uh, come together and I think. When you've had a situation like that, well, absolutely make a make a heel out of it. Mm. You know, make mm. a a character out of it. I thought it it kind of suited him quite well. Oh, I no, I like that. I like that. Um, so th- this is where we get Michael Cole backstage looking a fresh thirteen year old. He's got the he's got the really really gelled spiky haircut, um, and Owen cuts a promo. Austin, I, th- I think he's standing with his back to camera, maybe with the mm-hmm. says, I just broke your neck. Um, 
he wants his IC title back, he's going to get the opportunity to do that against Farouk. I think you touched on it the last time. There's been a, a tournament for the IC title because Austin's yes. had to give it up. Yeah, that's right. Um, so then we go to a very long honorary um, some sort of presentation type thing mm-hmm. uh, to honour some St. Louis-based former NWA champions. That's really quite... I mean, I mean, this, this is like Hall of Fame, oh, before yeah. Hall of Fame type stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, really quite unlike WWF to have done something like this. Yeah. This feels more WCW. Yeah, it did. Yep. Um, and as far as I know, this was like, like a JR Cornette thing that they were very excited to be involved with and doing. Um, I guess they must have had to convince Vince to do this. I can't imagine it was his idea. No. Yeah. So who we got here? We've got Jack Briscoe, Gene Kaniski, Dory Funk Jr., Terry Funk, Harley Race, Luthez, Sam, Sam Muchnick. Muchnick yep. uh, being the promoter. I, yeah, I, I think. think so. Yeah. Um, I genuinely thought we were getting Austin coming down and stunning one of these. Because that's what you're kind of programmed to yeah. think, that they do these things with old timers and then it's to yeah. get somebody over. That's true, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just all done very straight. And um, I don't know if... Did you think this would mean something to like the crowd, given that it's in St. Louis and all that maybe, sort of stuff? Maybe, yeah. Um I think it would, you know, if if these guys all had that association, like you say, it's quite a list, and I think it's probably the kind of thing you could only do in an area where there was that sort of heritage that was there, and you had the names, because um, I think the crowd were given decent reactions for, for the right. majority of them. Um, it was like, how many guys did they bring out? Was it like six or something like that? Um, and seven. So... Mm. I actually recognised every name. You know, I've not seen every guy perform. I mean, out of all of them, bit of Harley Race, bit of uh, Terry Funk. Um, but beyond that, not seen them. But um, they they were they were getting a decent reaction. I think that kind of thing's nice. I felt like it dragged a wee bit um, mm-hmm. on the show. Like again, maybe it's different if you're in the arena and you're from that area. Maybe you're you're totally up for that. Yeah. I think stuff like that's important as well. Mm-hmm. I, I seem to remember ECW doing something like this when we were, we were watching yeah. an ECW pay-per-view, which is quite probably uncharacteristic. I, I do quite mm-hmm. like it. Yep. Um, I've got next that we're backstage with Doc Hendricks and Farouk, but I have zero notes. I assume he's saying, yeah, I assume he's angry. and Yeah, he's kind of running rah. down. Farouk's kind of running down both Owen and Austin. Um and yeah, there's. I mean, he's not. He's not a brilliant promo, but it's fine. Um, this is where just after this, I've got in my notes. Vince sounds like he's trying to cover his ass in advance of the Pillman cause of death being confirmed. Yes, this is the. Well, you know, drugs are. Yeah. Yep. A problem in in some sports and all forms of entertainment. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Really odd, really odd. They should have just chucked Melanie on the big screen then. <laughs> Unbelievable. 
Unbelievable. Oh. If you've never seen Vince's interview with with Melanie Pillman from the Raw the night after, it's yeah, if, yeah. if you can if you can sit and watch through it, it's really something. I kind of forgot about unbelievable it. decision to to do that. I can't, eh? I can't believe they did it. I kind of forgot about it until they they released the the Dark Side of the Ring Pillman episode and they they showed some of it and they had some of the the talking heads and Jr was furious about that having been done. Oh, really? Um, and they're like they're talking about you know the what what are they trying to achieve? Are they just trying to you know get some attention? Because what possible benefit to the company? Or to her is doing this. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I take. I think I text you saying, if you didn't, obviously we we know in hindsight. But I think at the time, if they did something like this now, I'd be like, oh, it's a work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very tasteless. Yeah, work. Oh. He's asking her questions like, "How are the children doing?" And she's like, yeah. "I don't even know what day it is." Vince. How How are you going to support your family as a single mother? What the. F- Mad, eh? Uh, okay, so we go to Farouk versus Owen Hart for the, the vacant Intercontinental title. Um, very, very... Uh, before the two, two guys come out, we get the glass shatter um, and Austin comes out with the title. He's We're told that he's going to be the person to present the belt uh, to the winner. Um I was absolutely delighted that that this all happened because Austin, um, he jumps on commentary, he does a bit of jumping between the different commentary uh, tables, the French and the Spanish. Poor Tito Santana's getting uh, threatened by Austin. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. he does a bit of timekeeping. He's, oh, he's like 100% box office here. He's so entertaining. And uh, you've got like... I think as well, because you've got kind of, well, it's heel against heel for mm-hmm. the title here. He's given that bit of balance from outside the ring by something that the crowd are going to pop for. And I think what they did a really good job of from memory, um, not just on this show, but for the coming, the previous and the coming weeks and months, is keeping him in front of people. You know, he's there. He might not be able to work right now in the ring, but he's there. Um, nobody, when he's behaving like this and doing things like this, nobody's going to forget about him. Um, so when he is able to come back, he's still, you know, where he is storyline-wise uh, and all that is still absolutely fresh in everyone's mind. Do you know what's uh, really impressive as well is that you would, you know, Brian Pillman's one of his sort of close colleagues or friends mm-hmm. um, and the way he's coming off here like you wouldn't know something like that was has yeah. happened I think he, just... he he talks actually in that dark side of the ring how you know they've got I think he said it didn't really hit him until the raw and it's like they do the it's like 10 bell salute thing and they're all yeah. at the front and he, he's he's starting to break down there and then oh, really? um, because it's he said that he struggled to believe it at first. He thought, you know, because Pillman was so known for trying to swerve everyone and all that kind of thing. He was, he, he just mm. said that through this show, he just had it in his mind. Yeah, it's, it's a work. It's not, it's not a real thing. And then basically that, that sort of 24 hours later, it all hit him that, no, nah, this is real. This is, yeah. Yeah, That's it's crazy. tough going. Cause I think they, I think they, not only in WCW, but I think they rode together quite a lot. Um, mm. through their through their careers. Um yeah, must have been tough. 
That's horrible. Um, I wonder what it was like watching this. Well, this whole pay per view generally. I wonder what it was like watching um, from inside the arena, because it seemed to me like Owen and Farouk were doing a lot of stand about looking at each other, whilst uh, Austin was doing all the shenanigans. It kind of felt like yeah. you know. Have you ever seen uh, wrestling when it's like a commercial when it's like when it goes to adverts and they just uh-huh. do stupid stuff in the ring and all that? That's what yeah. this felt for the whole match. Yeah, yeah, because I suppose yeah, we've we've as a viewer on TV, we've got a camera showing us exactly where the action is. But yeah, there'll be a lot of eyes that are in the ring. I wonder if they had it up on a screen what Austin was doing. Probably did. Um, but yeah, it, it it might have felt a bit strange. There's there's not much to the match. Um... Austin's only thing really worth watching here. JR's scared of him. He, he says he doesn't want anywhere near him. Um, like I said, Tito Santana's face. I think he describes Austin as local and he's like, you call me crazy, Tito. <laughs> Class. Um, but ultimately, Farouk, his head is kind of hanging out the ring and Austin walks over and leathers him with the IC title uh, and just walks off with that sort of smile on his face, which we've we, we, we love to see uh, the announced team have no idea why he could possibly done this. I think one of them says he can't be joining the Heart Foundation. <laughs> like he's done it, so he can face Owen for the belt. Mm-hmm. Come yeah, on. it, it seems. Guys. I got it. But it's everyone seemed a bit confused uh, as to why Austin helped Owen win it. It should be really fucking obvious. <laughs> I really like Owens. I did this by myself. Same. Amazing. That's the best day. Yeah. That's brilliant. That's why we love Owen Hart. Yeah. That sort of stuff. (laughs) Because it's one of two things. Either either believes it, he really believes it, in which case we love his character for that, (laughs) or he knows fine well, and he's just, that's just him being a little, a little shit. Either way, brilliant. Aye, absolutely. Um, so that was a nice singles match that we got. That was good. Uh, back to tag action, four v four. We've 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 scrambled and we've put together another attraction for you. Um, we've got the DOA, uh, consisting of Adam, consisting of eight ball, chains, crush, and skull. Well done. I've One of them. Now. Is the under faker? I don't know which one. Oh, okay. Not crush, and not the two with the bald heads. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, versus Los Boricuas. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Jose. Miguel. And Savio Vega. <laughs> nice. Well played. Uh, this is absolutely just eye bleach. I'm no, I'm not talking about this match. It's horrible, and even if it's just horrible enough for how hairy one of these the the Boricuas is, <laughs> that's enough for me. Oh, I, I I've got the uh, crush won the match for uh, for DOA with a tilt a whirl backbreaker. Yep. What did I say last time? What did you say last time? I said Crush has got the best tilt a whirl backbreaker in the game. Oh, and you kind of went, mm mm. You, you, you did. I'm still not sure he does. He'd show me a better one. 
Maybe Barry Corbin could do one. There's a point, I think it might be during, yeah, it is, it's during this match, that they start theorising that Austin's behaviour could be related to his close friend's death. Yeah. And I was like, they're definitely make, trying to make you think this is a work. What are they uh, doing? Uh, yeah. So weird. I, uh, yeah. Uh, let's move on to Michael Cole again. He's with um, the British Bulldog and Brett the Hitman Hart. And uh, British Bulldog pulls off. Stop saying pulls off. The British Bulldog has what I would say is probably the best promo in 1997. What do you think? Do you know, you you were, uh, you were watched this show before I did, and um, you messaged me claiming that the Bulldog had delivered the best promo of the year. And then I, I, was, I was busy doing something, I think it was through the day, and then you sent me a video clip of it, and it took a while before I could actually watch that video clip. <laughs> so I'm sat there working away, thinking maybe he did maybe this is real maybe it was a great promo and then i clicked play and uh <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to describe this he always looks like a deer in the headlights when he's pulling off his why do i keep saying pulling off nobody's pulling off i don't know why like in hindsight why did they ever have him speak because he's like no idea he's huge he always looked really impressive when he's especially when he's in a tag situation could you just let brett do the whole promo and have bulldog just standing there looking massive no but no 100 percent. he spoke he says right here tonight in st louis he says the canadian flag's going to be the only one that's getting raised Am I right? Have you got this written down? I've just got... He sort of looks at the camera and says, right here. They they talk about how they're better than any two Americans, and then Davey says they will be better right here in St. Louis. Right here. (laughs) (laughs) Is that kind of look like, uh, 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 right here. Okay. Then we go to the Patriot, and... Vader, um, Patriot just reels off some generic nonsense about America. What was that gimmick? I don't what know. I've got, uh, I've got uh, the Patriot <laughs> says exactly what you would expect this character to say. <laughs> Amazing. It's so true. But then Vader just, Vader, you know, Although Bulldog might have just done the best promo in 87, Vader's, Vader's close on his heels. He says, me and this guy have got no much in common except for we want to kick Bret Hart and Bulldog's ass. Best there is, best there was, best there ever will be. What a bunch of bullshit! And Vin goes, oh well. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. How good is Vader? I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, I like him. <laughs> There's something, there is something about him. I mean, 
I do maybe expect him to deliver slightly better promos given his amazing work on Boy Meets World as Ethan Supley's dad. You know, he's got the acting. Uh, he's got the acting gig, so you would just expect him to be amazing. But yeah, it's just, it doesn't come across all that natural. But never. Do you think? I felt, I thought that that Did came you? across. I like that. I don't know. I felt, I felt like it was forced. This um, made me want a break. Screw your, no pun intended, but screw your Survivor Series match. I wanted Brett versus Bader after this. Wait, I think, is it the announcers right at the start of this as they're coming out? It's kind of the first acknowledgement that whoever wins the Hell in a Cell match will take on world champion Brett Hart. And you're like, oh uh-huh. yeah, he's got the belt, look. Yeah. He's, be, he's been in this sort of mini-programme with the Patriot. I, want, I think previous... Previous um, previous pay per view. That's who he was. To, who he'd been taken on. Mm-hmm. This is yeah. just madness. It it seems odd. I, I, yeah, like they, they I, also they keep mentioning that um, the Patriots recovering from flu like symptoms. Mm-hmm. Now <laughs> flu like symptoms are quite similar to drug withdrawal. I, I well, believe. yeah, I had heard some stories about. <laughs> Is it Del Wilkes? Is that his yeah, name? Yeah, having yeah. having some some substance issues that maybe led to him not being there too long. <laughs> I've got here. Um, imagine oh, I'm obviously well off on this Vader versus Brett fantasy booking thing. Imagine Vader in red, white, and blue mask and outfit <laughs> in Montreal. Oh, that that'd get some heat. That would have been, yeah. That maybe would have been willing to drop the belt to Vader. I think he would. Hmm. Something to ask him when we get him on. Yeah, <laughs> Brett, that is not Vader. Oh, Unfortunately, so. let's get Ethan Supley on here. Next best we thing. Could. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do you think of this match? Oh, so, oh, sorry. Before before you say, I just want to mention that this is a flag match where there's a Canadian flag and a US flag put up in the corners, okay? But then Vince starts shouting halfway through the pay-per-view that they've decided that the participants have asked if it could also have um, a pin, fall, or submission uh, means of of winning. when When I started hearing this, and then when I saw what it looked like at the ring, I thought to myself, they can't get to those flags. Like, structurally, they've put them up too high. They don't have time to change it. So they've had to make it into just a regular match with some flags hanging out. So I kept thinking, can you imagine Vader getting up to that flag? That's not going to happen. It's just not. Um, Or or the Patriot, given his... Flu. Flu symptoms. Yeah. Um, I I, I I found it, you know, enjoyable enough. I didn't hate it. Did you? I I, uh, I was quite enjoying because they made they had Vader physically dominating for a while, um, like and Brett at a point tries to go like blow for blow with Vader and he just gets his ass kicked. Oh, um, I love that that's and, about Brett selling though. Yeah, yeah, um, but they, they they are for at least a while putting him over as so like physically dominant, um, and I think uh, you know it 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 becomes a little bit repetitive I would say when they're trying to go for the flags in the corners because there's only so many ways I think that you can do that and then be stopped um, and, and keep it entertaining mm-hmm. um, 
I think they're they were trying to had some other things about some of the interaction between the Patriot and the Bulldog, which I don't think I was quite as complimentary about. Um, I quite like that they'd sort of split them off as Vader and Brett and uh, Bulldog and Patriot off to either sides, and they were just letting the the two uh, guys, Bulldog and Patriot, just sort of in, set the side. In my notes, I have taken massive issue with one thing as I look at it. All four are in the ring. Brett locks in a sharpshooter. The Patriot reverses it. They let the fucking Patriot reverse a sharpshooter. Question mark, question mark, question mark. You, you've literally, we've literally got the same thing written down. I've, I've got here, they let this guy reverse the sharpshooter? Yeah, that seemed a wee bit overgenerous, I think. And Vader does a sharpshooter. The Patriot does a sharp, like... I wonder, like when I read my note, I remember thinking as I'm watching it, this is good fun, but none of my notes are all that positive. So maybe, maybe just in the days since, I've thought, or maybe it's because a lot of the other matches on the card were not good. Maybe, maybe. I've written down that this is WCW mid card level, <laughs> and um, Vince says a classic line: "This match is turning out to be much more enjoyable." than we thought it might be, is what it says. <laughs> Which is terrifying. Oh. What about Vader going for the moonsault and instead landing on his fucking feet? I, again, I'll refer directly to my notes. Vader up the top, does a, attempts a moonsault, lands on his feet. How did everything not snap? Absolutely. Like, that amount of weight coming down. I mean, Sid just came off a rope and his leg snapped. You know, it, well, yeah. <sighs> There's a great bit where, where Brett goes full heel and just leathers Vader with the, the ring bell. Yeah, I like that. I like and that. he tries to do the old classic figure four round the ring pole and the Patriot, but that fucking useless Patriot yeah. can't even help him out to, to get it done. I've, I've not, I didn't check just to see if he had maybe turned up not in ideal condition to perform, but it kind of felt like that in moments like that. That's a move mm -hmm. we've seen Brett do on loads of folk, and it always goes pretty well, and it just didn't, he couldn't do it. He couldn't no. lock it in. Um, at one point, there's a fan jumps in the ring, and uh, yes. whoever's refereeing has to tell the bull, like, has to say to the bulldog, there's a match on here, leave that guy alone, and turn back around and face the match. Do you notice that? Yeah. I saw him, I saw him speaking to Bulldog. <laughs> like Bulldog right here just tonight. After a, just <laughs> after a fight, he was just going to... Uh... Uh, yeah. The, uh, let's jump to finish. Brett Holt grabs tights and, and rolls up Patriot. That's, that is it. That was it. It's our real mess. It's a bit um, tornado tag at some points. It's yeah. normal tag. It's outside. It's no DQ. It's so there's quite sure. a lot going on. In hindsight, like I think the bits I enjoyed were purely Brett Vader. Um, so he could have just had a singles match between the two of them. That would have been fine. With nothing to do with flags. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is it's funny. I, I feel like we when we're reviewing pay-per-views a lot where they have a really good main event um, we sort of 
take the piss at the card the whole way through and and say it's terrible and then by the end of it like what a pay-per-view <laughs> it was amazing because the main event manages to just lift everything up um yeah. and, and and based on that we could have had just los boricos and and doa goal for an ironman match the whole way <laughs> until this hell in the cell and we'd still give it a five-star review i think so um backstage with what i don't think is dx but is Mm-hmm. Uh, the first incarnation of DX. We've got Shawn Michaels with his newly won European Championship title. Triple H, China, and Rick Rude. Um, Michael straight up buries the European title. He really does. Yeah. Uh, they did like a one night only type thing um, that Michaels main evented against Bulldog. It must have been really close to this. Uh huh. And it was uh, in the uh, UK, I believe. In the yeah. UK, yeah. Yeah. And um, I believe just, all the way through Bulldog was gonna retain and then Michaels got them to change it right at the end. Um with the idea being he would get a lot of heat for it. But it was I think is it UK only? So I don't know how the heat was gonna translate, but I, I kinda always suspected did he just because this was a fairly new title, the the European title. I assume he just didn't want there to be a title that he'd never won. Probably. Yeah. He, um, he says something like, you know, really sarcastically, thankfully my coveted European title isn't on the line tonight or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Triple H looks enthusiastically like he's going to go off on a promo and they just cut him off straight off. <laughs> so I thought it was quite fun. Um we cut to like this really big long video package and it's just, it's it's all about Shawn Michaels again. Yeah. Uh, and I've got here that these two have have such good chemistry and like I feel like it's a really good rivalry Michaels mm-hmm. and the Undertaker. Yeah, it um, works. It, it, like they they talk a lot about Michaels attitude having changed and things like that. You see some absolutely brutal chair shots to the head of Undertaker in in that video package, um, mm. but yeah, I, like I I was looking thinking hasn't Michael's been playing playing being an asshole for quite a while by this point? But they they, they seem to be really trying to sell the attitude change thing. Mm. Um, something that I was laughing at is them them checking under they're going round the ring checking yeah. underneath the ring and. King's going, what's under? I didn't see Hornswoggle under there. No, but there's all sorts of stuff under there that I was looking at thinking that could be used as a weapon, but they were just leaving it. They were like, well, I, were they looking for a person? Maybe they were. Oh. Maybe that's the Michael's mm. angle that they were going for there. We have to check that he wouldn't actually have a person squirreled under there to help him out. Squirreled. Good like Squirreled. <laughs> um, so what do you, I'm laughing at this as well. So, so we get Michael's coming out and with all of DX he comes out with Triple H in China and then sort of points to the back and beckons Rick Rude out and uh, Vince says aha the insurance policy and I was looking for it in Rick Rude's hand but he didn't seem to have it I thought he maybe had his was carrying it about with him to say look I can't get involved in this guy's Amazing. I never, never twigged in my mind. I like that. Um, yeah, I don't know if that's what Rick Rude was being sold as. I don't really remember him having like a 
a sort of role in DIA. He carried a briefcase, didn't he? Yeah. He had his insurance policy. (laughs) Yeah, I I remember he linked up with him, and I think even like Michaels and Triple H have talked about it since that, you know, he he was there with them, but he wasn't, you know, they weren't going town to town driving together and stuff like that. It's just kind of this role that they found for for Rick Rude. And, you know, he's, he's obviously fairly recently a big name in the business. It, it felt like a bit of a strange fit to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and he can't be there long. I think you said he left straight after Montreal. He does, yeah. Yeah. Um, I really liked Undertaker's entrance here. I think almost as soon as we start to build up, probably from that video package and from the Michaels interview, I think everything just is completely scaled up. And it feels like we're watching a different show. Everything just hits um, a much better, higher level. Uh, Michaels looks like 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 the the massive big star that he is uh, when he's coming out, and an Undertaker's menacing, and and Michaels is doing the whole selling of fuck. I'm I'm locked in here with him now. Mm-hmm. Sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, he did a good job of selling. All right, there is literally no escape. This this is it, um, which which is good, because um, given what we've seen before with the numbers game and basically him being on the run and luring Undertaker into situations, you're then looking thinking, well, how's he going to do that now? Um, but I think they do actually do quite a good job of telling that story in the match as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't really twig onto it when I was watching it, but it was afterwards and I was listening to Bruce Pritchard talking about Undertaker just being able to slowly walk around the ring after him. He wasn't need to chase mm-hmm. after him because there's nowhere he could go. Yeah. Uh, I really like that. It was very horror film-esque. Aye. It's aye, stalking aye. the guy. Uh, yeah, I like that as well. I love the way these two... I don't I don't think it's just because of Michaels. I love the way Undertaker whips Michaels about and, un- and Michaels goes flying off the ropes. Love. Mm-hmm. It just it seems to happen between these two. Yeah. Um, I like the way at the start of this, Undertaker's just having his way with him. Mm-hmm. He's, he's throwing him about all over the place. Yep. Um, and, and Michael starts trying to climb the inside of the cage to get away from him as well. Yep. I uh, I remembered, like, this is the only thing about this show that I remember, this match from, from when I watched it uh, in my younger days. And I remember being convinced, like, I know it's storyline. I know that the winner is predetermined, but I was absolutely convinced Michaels was going to get his ass kicked and he had it coming and that is what was going to happen because the way they built it and the way they talked about the cell, I couldn't figure out a way that Michaels would win this match or or get out of the situation. So they did a really good job of selling that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly how it happened as well. A lot of Undertaker grabbing him and just launching him into the side of the cage. Uh, He has his his ribs slammed off the ring pole. Uh, He's banging him from the the corner, the corner uh, pole of the cell, and going back and forward between the ring pole and the corner of the cell. Stuff that's never been replicated. I don't. Uh I think I think I've seen Jeff Hardy climbing up the inside of the cell. Yeah, years yeah. later, but I don't really remember anybody else doing it. It's, mm-hmm. um, stuff that we've never seen happen again, which is quite interesting. Yeah, 
Um, there's a wee point during this that JR mentions some of the people that Michaels has beaten in the past, and he mentions Diesel, which I thought was interesting. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But then they did the fake Diesel thing, I suppose, they did. didn't they? They did. There's so much. There's so much to talk about in this. Uh, I thought I don't like think that that Mankind versus Undertaker is this like amazing superior wrestling match. It's, it's obviously a spectacle. Uh-huh. Um, this like blows it out the water. Yeah, for me, I, I agree. I can't, I can't believe that that probably more people talk about Mankind versus Undertaker. Mm-hmm. I think Foley's always said because he he knew he couldn't have this match. He, he can't do what Michaels can do. And I think did Undertaker maybe have a broken leg or something or a broken foot when he was having yeah, the Mankind yeah, match. Yeah. And then in uh, Foley's mind, for it to be remembered and talked about, there had to be a huge stunt. And that's what they came up with um, of him being thrown off the top. Yeah, as as a, a match, yeah, this absolutely blows out of the water. No no question. I think he by saying that, he's acknowledging that as well. They can't have this level of quality of a match. Yeah. Um, some g- great stuff, I feel like, after Undertaker's definitely, you know, he's, he's like I said, he's having his way and he's, he's dominating for a good portion of this. Michael starts a bit fighting back and he's pretty much doing anything he can to kind of try and get on top. He he, he does he, he just sort of flies off the ropes and his shoulder barges take her into the side of the cage, goes for the suicide dive. Um, he climbs up, he again uses the inside of the cage, take her's lying on the outside of the ring, he climbs up the inside of the cage and, and does a, an elbow, mm-hmm. sort of swinging off it. I love that. Never seen that before. Yeah. Uh, pile drives him on the steps yeah that was a bit of a wow moment for me because um, I was looking thinking you know how we're only what, SummerSlam was just not that long ago yeah, and yeah. Austin's had his neck broken in a pile driver um, and I was kind of amazed they allowed this move to happen especially being executed by the smaller guy you know mm-hmm. the, the quite considerably smaller guy Um. Things start to get blurry as far as working and real life for me when um, the cameraman comes into play. Yeah. Was that the same for you? Well, we've seen it before. Did you know? I I remembered that something happened that led to the 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 cell being opened. I couldn't remember what it was. Um, And then when it happened, you know, because we've had the stories about you know michael's berating vader for missing a spot Mm, and things like mm -hmm. that so when this happened there were a few seconds where i thought oh is this was that meant to happen is this real but there was a point where the cameraman was laying down and it wasn't so much that i remembered the story but i looked and thought that's not a regular camera. That guy's built like a brickshit house. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, it's 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 story. But yeah, there was a moment where I thought, hmm, I wonder. It's really well done. Really, really well done. I think it's. I think the, the Michaels attitude and all that. I think is uh, part of it. But Taker throws Michaels out the ring. I think Michaels lands on this cameraman. Yeah. Um, and it annoys him to the point where he just starts. Stomping him, beating him up. Uh, Jr. says the classic: "This man's got a family line," <laughs> yeah. which I loved. 
Um, what a brilliant way of storytelling of getting them out of the cage. I'm really, really impressed with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, how how did they end up? Oh, it's, so so we get to a point where Michaels hits the elbow off the top. He's yep. tuning up the band um, for switching music, but I think Taker sits up. Yeah. At, at this point in time, they're getting the cameraman out, and the two end up fighting out and, and through the door. Yeah. Uh, Taker hits a brutal slingshot really close to the cage that Michaels ends up getting. I don't know if he genuinely gets a cut face off mm-hmm. it or if that's supposed to be the reason, but um, yeah, it looks brutal. Yeah. Uh, and this is where Michaels has got nowhere else to run again, so he, he goes up the up the side of the cage. Yeah, I actually forgot that they did that because you know it's again you've your memory. I think of people on the cage goes to the mankind Undertaker because mm-hmm. of the spot and what happens. Mm-hmm. But um, like I I forgot they were up there. But then as soon as I saw a spot that comes a little bit later on, I remembered it. And I was like, oh, yeah, of course they were. They had to get mm. in that situation. So, yeah. I like Taker Gorilla pressing them on the top of the mm-hmm. cage. Yeah, I mean, imagine being a fan. This has never happened before. And you've got a guy that size lifting another one yep. way up a top above you. It must be pretty crazy to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Michael's sort of scrambling off the other side and, uh, gets away down the side, but take take her start. Is he? Does he stamp his fingers? Yeah. So Michaels is holding on to the top, and I think his plan. It looks like he's trying to climb down and then release, but Taker catches him maybe by the hair or something like that, and then just starts stamping on the hands, uh, which which was good. Some bump for Michael, so he goes. Yeah. Uh, Michael Michaels he goes off the side and he uh, goes through the. The commentary table, yeah, hell of a bump. That mm-hmm. that he goes right through that table like, yeah, like a hot knife through butter. There's no much resistance there at all. No, yeah. Jr. says he's broken in half. Yep. I can't believe he says that in this match. Yep. I thought that he does say that in the mankind one as well, eh? But he does. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing to me that he says it there. Um, honestly, I was blown away by this. Everything that they were doing is so weird to see such an old match where you feel like you've probably seen everything mm-hmm. um you know like you, you could probably go back and watch michael's versus razor now and it, it's probably just a bit a bit passe yeah. of a ladder match because you've seen it at all plus mm-hmm. everything else on top of it but for, for this i just thought was absolutely amazing i, was, I loved it um Michael's is like bleeding. It's not quite Guerrero levels of blood, but he's bleeding is, a lot. Like, yeah, he's a bloody mess. Yeah. Uh, Undertaker hits a top rope choke slam once they get back in the ring. Yeah. Which was, we were talking about Kane doing that to Matt Hardy, you know, that long going and saying that we'd never seen it done before. That was cool. Yep. Loved it. Absolutely brutal chair shot. Yeah. Fr- from Taker. Oh. Um, and it must be at this point in time that he signifies the the thumb across the throat. He's going to go and, and finish it all. Yeah. Lights off. Take it from there, Adam. Um, so, music starts up. Music that at the time would be totally unfamiliar to anyone, but slightly ominous, I would say. 
Um, <laughs> and then there's there's you start seeing flames. Um, and here comes Paul Bearer with what, before you've heard any words from the announcers, is just this massive red horror movie-looking guy. Um, and He's total Michael Myers, eh? Yeah, and then uh, we get from from Vince the that's gotta be Kane. Um, I think he says it a couple of times just to yeah, really ram that home. So Kane's approaching the 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 cell, which is newly locked shut again, um, and Kane grabs and rips the door off the hinges. Um, that? Yeah, that's, it, that's horror horror uh, movie as well. Yeah, it's brilliant. Nothing's um, getting in his way. And you get Undertaker just looking shell shocked um, as as Kane approaches, and they gets he gets in the ring. They're face to face. Kane does his thing where he raises, then slams the the arms down, and the flames come out of the turnbuckles. Um, and it's not even you know as a youngster watching this, it's not that you're you're scared. You know, you know what this is, but you're like, wow. You know, this is just. I, I remember it looked amazing. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is this is some some good storytelling right here. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a Kane tombstoning Undertaker. He is. He does his own move on him, and oh, uh, well, don't I, undersell it. Don't under, undersell it. He picks up Undertaker, gets him in the tombstone position, then pirouettes away from the hard camera, uh, then pirouettes back to the hard camera. <laughs> Then looks away, then goes away again, and cut. Oh, there's the hard camera. Okay, now we can do it. <laughs> and uh, and that's that's kind of the work done by Paul Bearer and Kane. They are they are happy to leave now. Um, we've got Earl Hebner and Michaels both looking to- a total mess, but Michaels manages to crawl across and get his arm over Undertaker. Earl Hebner counts the pin and uh, it'll be Shawn Michaels as number one contender going on to Survivor Series. I think uh, Triple H and China quickly run down to the cage, uh, to the cell and help Michaels. Rude's just strolling behind them, just uh, not breaking a sweat, just nice and steady and slow. Uh, yeah, Michael's number one contender will face Brett for the Bell at Survivor Series. I've got probably fine uh, in my notes. Um, and Michael's is selling being an absolute mess. There's no real celebration in what's going on for him here. Triple H yeah. seems to be quite enthusiastically trying to get him to celebrate. And I'm looking thinking, just not now, Hunter. Just, just <laughs> Triple let H's gimmick at this point seems to be guy behind Sean doing... The, the suck it thing all uh-huh. the yeah. time. Um, and he's, he's almost like at times, I think, a little bit of a fanboy for Michaels that comes across uh-huh. that way and he's uh-huh. trying to impress Michaels. But yeah, yep. it's uh, it's not the moment for celebration. It's maybe the moment for a wee hospital visit for, for Michaels. But uh, I think so. yeah, great, great match. Like, I always find it a little bit harder to like evaluate gimmick matches. But um, you've as you, you've touched on earlier, you don't... I I can't think of having seen a better Hell in a Cell match 
and we've seen so many since then and the logic would usually be people have been able to build on what happened there and do more um maybe it's the performers and how well they gel together yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah I, having watched it nothing else sprang to my mind as really holding up to it i can't think i've actually seen that many other hell in a did have austin and austin and triple h do hell in a cell and i think stages. hell in a cell was one of the three stages yeah um obviously mankind undertaker mm-hmm. uh who, who else has, has done hell in a cell? did austin did uh michaels and oh, triple it... h have one uh in their comeback rivalry i'm trying to remember ah, for that might, that might have been obviously. a multi-person one actually yeah, fully in Triple H. Yeah, th- 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 there's maybe not been that many that are just one-on-one uh, one one matches. Mm. Anyway, for me, uh, let's check what Meltzer... What, what, it must have got five stars, surely. Uh, five stars. Apparently, Meltzer was very close with Pillman. Um, and it said... I think that must be a, a retroactive. He must have went back and did it again because I want to say that it says he wouldn't be given any um, of the matches okay. uh, star ratings because he he can really keep his mind on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been close with Pullman. It's a shame. Yeah. Um, uh, a, a strange, strange card, but but I'd, honestly, after watching that, I couldn't have cared what came before it. Really couldn't have cared. That was just absolutely fantastic. I'm really glad you enjoyed it because when you said that you hadn't seen it before, I thought, and then when I was looking at the card, I was like, oh no, what what am I putting my pal through here? And then, but it's, <laughs> it's, it saved it at the end. That's all good. Oh, it's tremendous. I was thinking, can you imagine what it must have been like to be like a, a teenager at that live Oh, seeing amazing. that massive big red guy that you've never seen before coming down, he pulls the door off the hinges mm-hmm. and he just faces up Undertaker. Amazing. There's no way anyone on the creative would have thought at that time that they would get the run they did out of Kane. I mean, that's decades that he, he stuck uh-huh. around, uh, uh-huh. which is amazing. I, I was thinking it, it's curious how they ended up with Taker Michaels back at, at Royal Rumble again. This this feels like a blow off. Mm. Yeah, um, it does. Yeah. yeah. But then obviously they did, they did Montreal. They did DX in your house. What was that? Yeah. Owen versus Sean. Was it? So. No, Think... or Bulldog versus no Shamrock versus Sean, Sha- wasn't it? Was it Shamrock? Yeah, because I don't think Owen really got his programme, did he? Despite everyone thinking no. it would have been a maybe an obvious thing to do. Nah, Shamrock. Um, oh, truly amazing. I watched the Raw after. Some really, is really, really dated. Some of the stuff that um, Triple H and Shawn Michaels are sent to the Heart Foundation. Really, really dated. Uh, I did not see some of the stuff with Kane. Have you ever seen the photo of Kane with the cape? No, I don't think so. There's um, there's photos of him online from house shows where he was wearing a red cape. Oh. That was originally part of his get-up. Okay. Strange. Seems strange yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. Really weird. Um, so, yeah. There we go. Honestly, I absolutely loved it. Brilliant. Awesome. Awesome. 
So, I've told you where I was going to go. So, originally, I was going to go, you know, this happens every time. I was all over the place. Um, I decided I was going to go Vengeance 2005, which I think I probably flirted with before. Um, yeah. Got match here. I know this is a wee bit here's what you could have won, but, but I'm, I'm not <laughs> going Vengeance 2005. It's got like Michael's angle on it. Um, Christian versus Cena versus Jericho triple threat and Triple H Batista in the Hell in a Cell. Okay. Um, and it's, I just I don't want to go and do that thing of here's a, a subpar Hell in a Cell after watching yeah, such a that. good Hell in a Cell. So I changed my mind. Um, I don't think we've been in 1999 before. We, we, we possibly have. We've maybe done one card from 1999. But for a, an era where um, WWF just blew up. It's quite surprising that we've not done more from 1999. Uh, so I'm going 1999. And I'm going Backlash 1999. Okay. April. Um, Post-Mania 15. Uh, I shall talk you through the card if you'd like. Yeah, go for it. It is very... I'm sure it's very off its time, but um, it sounds quite fun and I know for certain that the, the main event's quite fun so uh, six man tag match The Brood versus The Ministry of Darkness okay Hard, a hardcore title match Hardcore Holly versus Al Snow okay the ice and ice intercontinental title match The Godfather versus Goldust with the blue meanie okay a tag team match Jeff Jarrett and Owen Hart versus the New Age Outlaws okay Yep. A boiler room brawl match, Mankind versus Big Show. A Triple H versus X Pac. This would be after Triple H turned on X Pac at Mania 15. Yep. A, a singles match, Ken Shamrock versus The Undertaker. Oh. And World Heavyweight title match, No Holds Barred, special referee Shane McMahon, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Rock. Okay. Interesting. So are we it's is the corporation a thing here then it must be, yeah. Yep. Yep. Because so, that was why Triple H turned, wasn't it? He joined. Yeah, so I so the ministry's on their own as opposed you know, they're not corporate ministry at this point. Yeah. We've got corporation, ministry, DX. Uh, Triple H must be corporation at this point. Nice. I wonder if he'll come out to that music. Dun 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 dun. Do you remember his, yeah, this I music? Do. Yeah, I do. There's really sh shit music. It's funny because there's, there's so much about this era that I feel like I would know. I don't ever really remember Undertaker and Shamrock. Nah, nah, me neither. Mm. Shamrock was probably corporation at that mm. point. He was kind of like the muscle, wasn't yeah. he? So Undertaker's maybe trying to get him to join ministry mm -hmm. or something. I, I love this era wrestling but i think sometimes when you go back and watch it the the in ring is just garbage yeah i think that that's the <laughs> that's the risk with this era i think the storylines are good and they're entertaining but sometimes the in ring doesn't hold up but we'll see <clears throat> it's not a There's... show that I, I look at and think i've seen this like multiple times or anything i assume i've seen it once but i don't really remember it okay cool is it, be fun. Is it catch catch your excitement 
I think so. Yeah, some of the matches you talked about. Yeah, yeah. I'm enthusiastic for this. Excellent. Cool. Well, we shall discuss this in two weeks' time. I hope it lives up to the hell in the cell. Or... I mean, if it doesn't, you can just throw the undercard back in my face. Well, I was going to say, I hope it, hope it lives up to Los Burritos versus Dio. <laughs> at least. Yeah. Excellent. We shall look forward to you fan casting. Uh, who we got here? The Brood. Amazing. <laughs> Be like the Lost, the Lost Boys versus. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to have a think about some of these. Nice. Okay. Well, we shall chat in two weeks. Until then, take it easy.